Welcome back to a new episode of the Shups and Preds pod. Coming to you three strong this week with myself, Matt, and Tyler. We're going to do a little week eight review of our Preds. We're going to do a little week nine predictions, as is the course. Also, fun little wrinkle this week, though. Currently, we sit at Ottawa 27, Edmonton 17, with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, so we are going to be doing a little live looking throughout the pod. If you hear me gasp, you'll know something has happened, so you can go back and sync that up with the game for a dramatic effect. Uh, boys, <laughs> how we doing? Uh, we're doing great. Uh, uh, I was absolutely shocked by the game we've got going on. So uh, well, yes. obviously the listeners will know the outcome. Um, but... Yes, I'm running out of excuses. Edmonton stinks. I, I, like I, I, I can no longer explain Good to away. See Greg Ellingson catch a touchdown this week, though. First touchdown, yeah, week nine. Oh my god! All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that this. So if you want to use this as a sinking up point, uh, Cornelius just got sacked with 9:40 left in the game uh, after an Edmonton penalty. We're also going to do end-of-the-month power rankings, so that's going to be fun, see how teams rose and fell. Um, but, boys, let's kick it off with a review of the Montreal uh, at Toronto game from Week 8. Um, who's taking that one away? Uh, that would be Tyler, me. All right, T-Press, what do you got? Okay, so we had a fun game, high scoring. This was... This wasn't pegged as our game of the week, but both games this this weekend, past weekend, were fantastic. Um, MBT jumped out uh, to an early lead, dropping a touchdown to Curly Gittens. Um, and then from there, the game went back and forth. Uh, this was a slugfest. Yeah, VA, uh, VA tied it up, and actually Montreal took a 10-7 lead. And then we had a DJ Foster, and then an, an a absolute dime of a pass. If you go on to TSN and uh, watch that highlight video uh, from MBT to Chandler Worthy for 45 yards, um, and Toronto went into the half up 21-10, and you thought, oh boy, we, we we were worried about Montreal on the Friday pod, and uh, I I think after the first half I was I thought they were dead and buried. Uh, alas, they were not. They were put Willie Stanback put the team on his back. To the, to, to the tune of 19 carries for 133 yards. He got his, I believe, first rushing touchdown of the season, which is crazy with the amount of yards he has. That is his first touchdown of the season. But I believe it was uh, late in the third quarter to make it 21-17. Uh, teams exchanged a ton of field goals in the fourth yep. quarter. Uh, Toronto, uh, a lot of, or, Toronto had a lot of long drives that stalled out in the red zone. 29-yard um, field goal, 32-yard field goal, 37-yard field goal. And then uh, the what really sunk the ship was with a little over, I think it was three minutes left, uh, VA pressured up the middle from Toronto. Instead of throwing it away, clear, throws off his back foot into double coverage, gets picked off uh, while he's trying to drive for to tie the game. And, uh, yep, uh, the field goal from, from Toronto all but sealed it up by 10, 30-20 with two minutes left. Uh, yeah. VA... Did throw an awesome pass to Jake Weineke uh, that was tipped for, I don't know, like a 50, 60-yard gain uh, and later threw a touchdown with 55 seconds left, but it was too little, too late. Toronto wins 30-27 to in a thriller. Some interesting stats from the game. Uh, Toronto outgained, or excuse me, Montreal outgained Toronto 560 yards to 316. That's crazy. Uh, Montreal had 32 first downs, which is probably the most any team has had all season and in a game. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll slap my seal of approval. It's the most first downs a team has had in any game this season. Uh, and Toronto to 19 for Toronto, uh, eight and a half yards per play for Montreal, which is really high. Uh, Montreal was undone by an unholy amount of penalties, 11 for 129 yards. Which is kind of on brand at this point. Uh, pretty on brand. And then possession-wise, crazy. 30, almost 37 minutes for Montreal and 23 for Toronto. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, the other part well, of the penalties with the stats, and four, though, four, turno four turnovers. Yeah, well, with the stats, you know, if you had told me going into that game, you're going to have Vernon Adams go 30 for 39 for 382 yards, and you're going to have MBT go 13 of 19 for 210 <laughs> yards. I would say the writing's on the wall. 
Um, but VA, unfortunately, I mean, he was their bet. I think this was one of his better performances of the season, but just the two most untimely interceptions you can throw. The one right before the half leading to the Chandler-worthy touchdown was just a total backbreaker because you have two back-to-back touchdowns right there for Toronto, and then obviously the late one. Also, um, uh, the the fumble by B.J. Cunningham in the red zone where he just could have gone down, but he tried to oh, fight, fight, yes. fight for an extra half a yard, just so unnecessary, gets the ball punched out. And, and it was so lazily punched out. Yeah. Not a peanut yeah. Tillman punch. Much later. Touchdown Ottawa. So they're about to take a 34 17. I, I will lead. say, I, I have to, I didn't, I, I granted, I didn't pred it and I had made a, a conditional pred that I would only pick Ottawa if, if Duck started. But I got to say, my inclinations were at least on point that something. Oh, I don't know. I think that was a throwaway comment. I don't want to give you credit for that. Okay. Well, but we, we all, who, I mean, we all did say it last, yeah. in last week's pod that Edmonton is the team that. Ottawa could beat and touchdown Kenny Stafford touchdown Kenny Stafford by the way who that's great is somehow now on a better team I don't understand this um (laughs) back to this Montreal Toronto game who do you guys feel better about leaving this game oh absolutely Toronto I mean really they can win their defense played awesome when they needed to right I I feel like this answer is not total yeah I feel better about Montreal Toronto I hasn't it, lost a home game. They have to feel good about that. And also, it also yeah. means like Toronto could win games where they get outplayed. Which is Ed, totally, that's a good thing. For me, teams though, and, like, Teams like first, Edmonton have been dominating games and then not winning them. VA playing like this as well as Standback just truly bruising. I feel like Montreal can start, if they can piece a few of these games together, they're going to start to put wins consistently on the board. Eugene be, Lewis said exactly the same thing you just said in a press conference. Where he, friend uh, friend of the was, pod, Eugene Lewis. He said they're going to start whooping some ass if they, ever, if they ever start putting this thing together. Yeah, no, I, I, I felt pretty good about Montreal after this. Um, also, uh, one more thing. Uh, uh, head coach of Toronto, uh, oh, what's his name? Ryan Didwinney. Did yes. the Triple H suck it after the uh, touch <laughs> after the after the the MVT to Chandler Worthy touchdown? Just uh, just a heads He's up feeling he, it that he did the Triple H suck it uh, well, to Montreal. Cool. Fantastic. Um, Matt, any finishing thoughts on this game before we move on to your review? No, I think this was a well. I will say for both of these games that this is the CFL football that. We yeah. came to know and love, and yes, uh, it's finally uh, happening. A, a little lot bit. of punching back and forth, and um, some good defense as well as as offense. It's not just teams running back and forth, uh, you know, going 110 yards both ways and scoring. There's some real defense. There's uh, drama, and it's great. And and both games on Friday really delivered. Yeah, no, it was it was it's yeah. Of course, the night I have a bachelor party. <laughs> is the night where we just have epic. Yeah, you did find. I you did finally fi- did. Let it be known that I found the only <laughs> bar in Portland, Oregon, showing uh, Saskatchewan, BC. So I was able to soak that in. That's uh, not a co- that's of, not a coincidence. You know that was. <laughs> I literally went to a bar that had a shooting at it the night before. I risked my <laughs> oh, you life. You went to the White Owl. Uh, no, it was actually the Silver Dollar. Oh man, silver dollars become a little more dangerous since a little, I, uh... a little scary. Um, <laughs> speaking of Scatch BC, Matt, give us a little breakdown of that sucker. All right, so um, I would say that this was a tale of of two teams that um, had kind of opposite problems. For BC, it was explosive offense that um, they can really move the ball, especially behind. Uh, Michael Riley and Lucky Whitehead, they can, you know, they can make big plays happen almost at will, but not quite, um, but don't get easy short yards. And then yep. Sketch, who could consistently move the ball, um, but didn't get those vital yards uh, in the red zone until the end of the third quarter. Um, up until the fourth quarter, uh, Sketch has had as many uh, field goals as they did punts. Wow. So they were, it wasn't like they were getting stopped, but they just couldn't convert 
those uh, on, on late in, in their drives, late in their possessions. Um, so basically, this story, this game was fairly close, but for for different reasons because BC was getting those um, big plays, getting into the end zone, and then Sketch uh, was saved by great kicking from Brett Lother, kept the game close until Sketch offense could get rolling towards the end of the uh, the third quarter. Uh, when who was that? Uh, Ricardo Lewis caught yes. his first, uh, first CFL, touchdown. CFL touch, first pro touchdown. So that's great. Um, and then for BC in the fourth quarter, their inability to get the ball rolling on first down uh, really uh, was their undoing. They went two and out on their last two possessions, and that included Jimmy Camacho missing his first field goal of the season. Yeah. And then Cody Fajardo put the team on his back. He showed actually like real poise. And we talked about this on Friday that the team it's it's obvious that the rough riders trust cody that they if not look up to him they they see him as their quarterback um and he can rally the team behind him and then obviously him scoring the touchdown is just kind of the cherry on top uh bc really uh revealed their achilles heel like i mentioned their inability to get rolling on uh first down so they were seven of their 14 possessions were two and outs and I think the problem here is that their running game is non-existent. Um, yes. Uh, so they attempted a run play on the first play of each drive uh, only three times. One was called back for holding. There was a negative one yard from James Butler and a negative three yard run from Shaq Cooper. So when the... A lot of incomplete passes for, for Michael Riley. Um, so when the air game is not working for BC, they really don't have a way to back that up and get it moving. And, and Michael Riley, um, a good game, but nothing spectacular. 24 for 35, 269 yards. Um, so Yeah, not what we'd come to expect from him after what he'd been doing the past few weeks, for sure. And he's, nothing dangerous. He's just, like, yeah. he's, it's just not connecting with the receivers. And um, so, yeah, so that's, that's basically... Uh, a down game in the air for BC, and they had no answer on the ground, and Skatch just ground, grounded out and, and won the game. And can we talk about uh, who I tried to look up his full player history, but he actually has page not found on currently on CFL.ca. <laughs> Our friend, uh, BC Lions punter, uh, Stephen Flintoff, Stephen Flintoff, the 26-yard oh. punt... <laughs> at the end of the fourth quarter to the BC 54, which led to the game-winning drive by um, Saskatchewan. Just an unforgivable, unforgivable error by the special teams. That I mean, he had his been averaging... Is, yeah, yes. He'd been averaging up to that point, his previous seven points, he'd been averaging about 51 yards per punt. And he drops in a 26-yarder there. Oh, that was tough tough pill to swallow yeah so he's a young guy um 25 yeah. years old yeah um this was this his first game oh i hope not i think then this I, might have been his first I'll feel but... bad i know you never know a punter's name until he does this right right so let's go back to but god lucky whitehead good. seven ucla yeah Let's see okay, there we go. Now BC he's pulling up. Okay, but no, nothing's coming up in his game log or anything. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, there's nothing in the game log. I'm so, having trouble with CFL.ca. I'm, uh, on, T I'm I, on TSN. Well, this is great radio. So I'll keep refreshing. Dead air. Dead No, I think. What do you guys? What do you guys think I, about this game? Obviously, Tyler, you're very happy. Um, your guys pulled it out, and yeah, the only one to get this pred right shouts Tyler. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I think I was most impressed with Sketch's ability to, to uh, at least make BC work for it. They did have the explosive plays. Lucky Whitehead is pretty much the you know, he's gonna get his every game now. He's at that point. Where you just you just try He's to take it. the best receiver in the CFL this season. So, so to so to your to your first point, Matt, like I'm glad Scotch just doubled down and said, "All right, you're not going to run the ball. We're going to make you have a lot of a lot of long second downs. You're not getting any easy yardage." 
So if you're going to beat us, you're going to throw over the top of us. And they just yep. try. And that was, uh, and there were plays there to be had, but they just weren't there all game long. Um, and when they needed it in the fourth quarter, there, it wasn't there and kind of got lucky with the shanked punt. But you know what? You play your way into some luck. And I think, uh, I think Sketch played their way into some luck here. Which is, again, as you noted, like winning when playing ugly is a good thing. It's not a bad That's thing, positive, especially, against, you know, especially against good teams. So, I think for me with Scatch, like as I've been harping on pretty much all season, I still would like to get, and I understand they're playing from behind a lot this game, I would like to get William Powell the ball more. He only had 12 carries for 42 yards, and I would like for Cody Fajardo, who had eight rushes, to run less. That's kind of always be my bugaboo. I'm never going to be fully confident in them as, them as a team until I'm confident that Cody Fajardo is going to be on the field week after week. So far, he has shown up every time, but I just still get a little nervous. And I think Matt's point about BC has got to establish a running game. And even when it's not working, give it some more time to develop because only putting forth towards their running backs five rushing attempts in this game is not, tough not good. Not and not insane. not good enough. Well, um, it's the same problem we we saw with um, Ottawa, and I'm not saying that Ottawa has figured it out, but can I butt um, in there? I want to say yeah, Edmonton, Edmonton just scored. scored yeah. Edmonton <laughs> just scored a touchdown. Shy Ross, great touchdown reception. Shouts, but celebrating when you're down ten in the fourth quarter to Ottawa is not. I love celebrating in sports, so I'm not one of those guys. But there is a time and a place. Yeah, with two, with, with two down, and a half minutes with two and a half down minutes ten left. with two and a half minutes left is not that time nor that place. Um, to be honest, sorry, Matt. Go ahead. No, no, that's. Uh, um, I was just gonna say that it's it, it's easy for a team like Sketch, who actually doesn't have the secondary that they used to. Yeah. Um, to get a lot of confidence and to uh, continue to put pressure on what might be a, a struggling defense if they're not worried about a run game, even like a run attempt. And I think that if if there were a number of, I know, absolutely. of attempts yes. that, that didn't work, you can forgive it. But yeah, to attempt it was, five it was, running plays from scrimmage. It was my whole... I. Went on the rant after um, Can you Hamilton's attempt a running play anywhere else from scr- besides when scrimmage? Matt? They only had eight rushing attempts. <laughs> What'd you say? As opposed, to, as opposed to a passing play from scrimmage. Okay, got it. <laughs> but I went on the same after Hamilton only attempted eight rushes against Toronto. And it was, in that case, it was kind of buoyed by the fact that Dane Evans was getting hit so much. But you have to commit to at least the idea of a run game. Totally. I'm, I'm not, obviously, I think like you don't, I, I think if you're over 20 rushing attempts per game, you're definitely on the high side of the CFL, but you've got to break double digits. At least, you know, five to your running backs is just simply not enough. I didn't, uh, pay, I didn't think John would be the, the guy on the, the pod who'd be the run the football guy, but I'm so glad he is. <laughs> well, no, I'm run, I'm, but I'm run, I'm established. He's an established I'm an the run established guy. Established the run yeah. guy. John's establishing like, uh, himself as the established the run guy. <laughs> like over on over on the NFL side of the world, there's a reporter named Mina Kimes uh, who works for ESPN, and she often talks about. Yeah, don't you reply to her? Mina Kimes. Mina Kimes. Oh, Tyler. Okay. Thanks. Uh, but she makes a great point often about play action pass. You don't actually. Now it's different game, but play action pass. You don't even need to run the ball all that well for the play-action pass to work. You just have to show that you might run the ball. Same idea kind of here. If you just commit to a few attempts every now and then so that the defense isn't totally dropping back into pass coverage every time, I think that helps your offense quite a bit. 100%. Um, let's. We just had Ottawa, or Ottawa uh, control an onside kick attempt from Edmonton. So they've got... Up 10, 34-24 with two minutes left, and they've got a second and six. After this play, we're going to get into the rest of our week nine predictions. <laughs> or, we um, but get, let's, or we could just get into it We can just get into it. Well, let's see. Hold up. Oh, oh. It's a screen pass, and it's incomplete. That's a big uh, – it's going to save some time there. Should have just ran the ball. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I, thank you. Um, all right, guys. I want to kick off our week nine predictions. We've already done – Edmonton, Ottawa, that was part of our week eight set. 
So we're going to start with Winnipeg at BC. And I thought of a headline that any uh, TSN people want to put this up there if you're listening. This is a, this matchup, explosive versus corrosive. Oh. You got BC that comes at you like Matt. When you, I thought you were almost about to say the same thing talking about BC versus Scat. Are we talking about football or diarrhea? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but I think you know, brother. Let me tell you, I am both. BC <laughs> comes out lucky Whitehead, Brian Burnham, big pot plays, and then on the other side you got Winnipeg, who they really do this on both sides of the ball. They just eat away at your quarterback's confidence with the pass. Oh, corrosive eat away. That's a good one. Hitting them. You've got the run game. Andrew Harris looks like he's going to play. Missed a practice this week with a calf injury, but he's ready to roll. We talking about practice. I. This is a tough game. I think Winnipeg gets it done on the road. Close one. Not that I care. <laughs> But the line has moved from Winnipeg minus five to Winnipeg minus three. Not that I care. I I don't think you do. Not that I care, but somebody is seeing something that I am not seeing because I am also taking Winnipeg. Oh, I'm seeing it, but I still think Winnipeg gets it done. (laughs) I get Um, it, though. No, totally. I mean, this is a really tough game, especially with BC at home. Um uh, one thing I didn't mention, and I don't know exactly how much it affected the, you know, the Lions, but Brian Burnham did have some injury issues uh, coming out of Week uh, Seven, and he was not as as big of a factor. Let me check the the box. Oh, and there's an interception that should do it with a minute thirty left. Oh, I guess he turned it around. Never mind. Never mind. He, no, no, four, you know, four, four for eight, fifty-one yards. Um, yeah. He was the, you know. Um, Second most targeted behind Lockie Whitehead. So, but I, I think there was definitely some lingering issues from a week seven injury. So, I uh, I think Winnipeg's still going to take this one, but this is going to be a great game. I, I think I'm no so excited for this one about that. So, yeah. T Press, what you got? Winnipeg has already shown they can win in the toughest road environment in the CFL by winning. Uh, <laughs> Mosaic shouts, weekly shouts for Mosaic. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I see them beating BC. I think BC's biggest problem is going to be if they don't establish the run or if they get behind and they do have to pass every play, uh, the Winnipeg defensive line loves to just pin their ears back and not worry about run plays and just get after it. So I I think BC needs to set Lucky Whitehead up on some screens, I think would be good. Um, I I think that's the, maybe a way to get to, to, Nobody, I will say this, nobody's really tried to screen Winnipeg to death yet, which is really kind of silly when you think about it because they really do pin their ears back and come at you. So I don't know why. I there, just don't, I see there a are lack more of running back, running like halfback screens or, 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 or you know, take your, take your Kyron Moores or your Lucky Whiteheads and, and set up a screen for them and, and just let the defensive line come through, but let them rush to so far upfield that they, you know, leave a big gap of space behind. I agree. So uh, until until a team figures that out and starts doing that to them, uh, yeah, it's 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 got to be Winnipeg. We have Peter has Winnipeg as well, so we're going for the Winnipeg sweep there. Yeah. Um, Matt, you'll kick this one off. Montreal at Hamilton. What do you see in there? All right. Well, what I am seeing is um, a really really strong. Hamilton defense, uh, which has come into its own over the last few weeks, um, is going to not so much uh, shut down Montreal, but give them enough trouble and certainly provide enough pass protection. I I think you can, if you're a betting man, not to bring it up again, not that I care. You don't. If there's a prop for (laughs) Simone Lawrence interceptions, (laughs) I would would take it. You might want to also toss in a Simone Lawrence pick six. Um, but at the same time, I don't think this is going to be, um, not that Hamilton's had any blowout games or really any super dominant performances. Um, I do think that they're going to take this one. They're going to be, um, you know, they're, they're, the defense is going to be enough. Um, and a uh, David uh, Watford-led offense is going to be enough to, to get one over on Montreal. T-Press, what are you seeing? Yeah, my issue is that the last thing you said, David Watford. Um, I don't think David Watford is going to be 
what gets it done. I know that Montreal two and zero. He is two and zero. One of those is against Ottawa, who apparently is good all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just not. Uh, I'm not fully trusting um, Hamilton to to repeat that against Montreal. Uh, shout out Eugene Lewis. I think he's right. If they do get hot, they they can be very hot. I do. Eugene Lewis did also say that that Montreal should be undefeated, which is. <laughs> crazy because they're two and that four. i don't think is true <laughs> um, he goes he goes man if a couple if a couple things went our way we'd be under uh, we, uh i don't know about that eugene <laughs> i love the com- i love the confidence though that's what and i'm want. running with the confidence i yeah. think you know i think if they play as like they did against uh against toronto they should win easily um willie standback is on one right now yeah, that's the key for me. Willie Stanback is on one right now, and so the, and their run their run blocking is very good. So um, my message my message to them is um, when they're thinking they need to, you know, go for glory, they need to stop and just run the ball because it's working so well. <laughs> Seven yards of carry last week. Ah. Just he's he just he's just he's just a monster. He's the best running back in the CFL. Sorry, it's just a, I think is he now? He's firmly in the lead with with the yards, right? Firmly in the lead for yards. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Peter Boilo has Montreal, as do I. Oh, we got Matt riding on his own, even though he's picking Hamilton at home. Is that the first time this season you've on your own, Matt? It no Ottawa. You picked Ottawa one time. (laughs) So I don't have the greatest track record of striking out on my own. Exciting news: Braylon Addison is back for the Tie Cats, so I think that should add an explosive element for them. Um, I don't. Is it confirmed that he's going to play? I think he's also just has, in a, has uh, a Trevor Harris situation. Oh, I thought he was he's back, back in the active. He's on the active roster, so he's okay, practicing. He may not play. I don't. I wouldn't bet if you're into that stuff. I would not bet that uh, Braylon Addison is playing. <laughs> Do we have to like a Matt a... gambling corner or something? Matt is no, into gambling now. I don't care about um, gambling. Oh. I'm not into that. If you are, but I, I have. Bet. I have the Alouettes as well. I think what Tyler said, stand back. I just love the way he's running. I love the way they're feeding him the ball. I love the way the line is run blocking for him. And then, you know, Vernon Adams, to have a 30 for 39 week is just truly huge. So you love to see it. Um, I think he hope cross my fingers. I, 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 I have in my game notes. I want this to happen more than I think it will happen, but I just hope he builds on this, puts in another good um, completion percentage game, works on that accuracy. So I have the uh, Alouettes taking this one. Uh, It it is official that the Ottawa Red Blacks have defeated the Edmonton Elks 34-24. So that is not great. Um, Well, now I, I think now we know what to make of the... Week one loss. <laughs> yes, Edmonton Blacks. is a bad team. Now it makes sense. Yeah. Edmonton. Well, now though, is BC's loss to Edmonton the worst loss of the season? No, they okay. that would be the right. two losses <laughs> to yeah, the Red Blacks. Yeah, correct. The two losses to the Red um, Final game of the weekend. We've got the Riders heading to Calgary. This is the story of the week. I would say heading into this one. You've had Dave. Yeah, Dickens will Dave come Dickinson out. survive after this game? It's good. It's yes, he will actually. I could, you, how much would you like to bet on that? Oh, now you. Oh, now you like betting. I'm so confused. I didn't thought no, you we don't like, like to bet. But like if, if uh, not, if you are into that, okay. Bo Levi Mitchell is firmly the starter, but I think there is a legitimate question which I like to talk about: <laughs> is how much of a leash does he have? I mean, you already, you already, so have, you already have the answer. You have already have the answer to that. It's not that long. Well, it was pretty long in this past game. When did uh, Mayer take over in the fourth quarter? All you do so if if Bo Levi by Mitchell, starting all you do by starting Bo Levi Mitchell is piss off both of your QBs because if he does, I I don't think Bo Levi is ready to play. I think he's got some in, nagging injuries. His I don't know. It, he's yeah, just not. I, I'm, he's not there. So he's gonna get pulled and it's gonna piss him off. And then. Jake Mayer is going to be slighted because he has... When they're, when they're losing, he's going to come in. He has solidly... I mean, I think his completion percentage, like, over the all, the course of his... Um, all his playing time is, like, in the 70s or something. He's he's played the lights out, but he just has to throw 40 times a game. 
And so basically, he's going to... Jake Mayer is currently 67.6%. It's pretty good. People say it's pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. So Compared to Bo Levi's 58%. So 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 now both of your... 10 percentage points higher there. So now both of your QBs are pissed off. You're losing. And Kadeem Carey has had two carries. So, great. What are we going to do now? More like Kadeem doesn't carry. You know what I'm saying? You know, Bo (laughs) Levi's currently... He had that bad four-interception game early in the season, but his touchdown-interception ratio is 2-7 to seven at this point. Um, and it's not like I'm, it's, it's I'm okay. Picking, I don't I'm, understand I'm, why. I'm picking Saskatchewan to win this game. I think especially I just want to see them feed uh, Powell the rock, as I've said before. I think if uh, William Powell gets anywhere around 20 carries, give or take a few, I think that's right in that sweet spot. Um, but <laughs> that would be nice. The the main story I think is Calgary for this. Um, let's let's just get everybody's picks and then we can kind of talk about Bo a little bit more because I think that's probably what we all want to talk about. It's, it's sketch. Good. It's sketch. Yeah, come on. Okay, Peter has the Riders as well. Um, but yeah, I think with Bo, I, I just can't see him getting pulled after a bad first quarter. And I can't. See, I can see him getting pulled at the half, but no shorter than that for the leash, because that would I just send a horrible message. And I'm not sure how you come back from that. But I don't think there's a way you don't send a horrible message. Like yeah. Well, what if un- he's just really good he, this week? Unless yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. there's obviously the chance <laughs> that he plays lights out. Like we know he can. I mean yeah. I mean that no one is sliding Bo Levi Mitchell in terms of you know who like the the great quarterback that he is yeah um but i think all your all dave dickinson is really doing is setting himself up for failure well because so if you listen last week and you guys know i'm firmly on the start bow side but this idea that he's unequivocally the starter that is ridiculous because at a certain point it does become about winning games which I think that point is upon them, considering where they stand this season. Um, I think currently tied for last, or just maybe moved into second to last in the West. So the idea that Bo has all this leeway—that's ridiculous. He has some leeway, and he's earned that. And I think I think he has more than you guys do. I think he has. Well, you see, I didn't take have. I didn't take that from. Um... It's no surprise that the man from is a fan of, the, statement. of Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers is defending a, a, <laughs> is defending somebody who did, used to do really well but is struggling and probably should be pulled for their own health and safety, uh, but wants them to go on the field. So, yeah, I didn't take from Dave Dickinson's statement about Bo being the, you know, definitely the starter to mean yeah. that he thinks Bo is. I don't know. I I, I just took that statement to mean that um, he wanted to show Bo the the confidence. He wanted to make yeah. sure that Bo knew that we that. understand that you are our guy. We are behind you. We're not looking. Um, you know, we're going to give you the tools, hopefully, to be successful. And um, and it's it's your job to take. But I definitely don't think that means that he, you know that Jake Mayer is being excluded when when calgary loses this game and they're two and six i have to wonder if the mindset goes to from okay we're halfway through the season like what do we want to do with the second half of the season is this the sort of like bo levi uh you know farewell tour or is this going to be look to the future look to the future start jake mayer start building something with him that can get some momentum going into i just don't i i just don't see that likely at all to be honest i think even if bo levi i i I just don't see them at all benching bo levi at this point and building towards the build building towards the but essentially the last time we saw bo levi like play well was in was over two years ago so you have to start considering his age considering his no, health. I agree. Oh, I, I agree. I just don't think that you do have to consider that, but I just can't see Calgary doing something like that. Which is to say that you don't see Dave Dickinson doing it, which is why no, I don't see Huffnagel and Dickinson doing something like that. Calgary Stampede. Well, they, I mean, fire it doesn't Dave make them Dickinson. a bad coach. They're, I don't, I don't think <laughs> you would do He's going to make the wrong decision, but he's a great coach. 
No, I mean, we have to understand that they have a half a million dollars plugged into... And I also want to say that playing team legends past their prime is a tried and true (laughs) sports move. So let's not act like they're the first ones if that is the case. That's correct. Also, from from a money standpoint, it behooves the Stampeders to get Bo Levi to be their QB1 because there's a lot of money tied up in him backing up a, uh, I guess, a second-year QB. Yeah. So Um, that might play into it. (laughs) Before we do power rankings and uh, and, – fantasy look let's do our weekly league leader review passing yards michael riley 1870 um he's gonna take a shot at becoming the first to eclipse two it's gonna be him versus claros let's see if one of them can be the first to eclipse 2000 on the season this week rushing yards willie standback 618 uh firmly grab that and then extending his lead in receiving yards. Lucky Whitehead, the most explosive player in the CFL, now uh, second behind Jake Winicky in receiving touchdowns as well. So Lucky Whitehead, dark horse, MOP. I know you're not ready to talk about that, but it's true. <laughs> um, now let's uh, – do you want to do fantasy first or power rankings first? Let's do fantasy first. Let's do fantasy quick. Um, yeah. Yeah, so this was a huge week, and and I'm not doing this quick just because Tyler kicked all of our butts. Which um, I I, I want to give Tyler the props. He kicked all of our butts. So Tyler won this week, 101.8, his second week over the century mark, behind 30.3 from Lucky Whitehead, 25.4 from William Stanback, and 22.4 from Cody Fajardo. Um, Would have had even a, a bigger. Uh, week, but Tavares Daniels, even though uh, Toronto took that one, one point nine. Yeah, I, I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking, who could I have even played? I don't think I had anybody else to play. I think he was my my yeah. only. I think maybe I had B.J. Cunningham, but he had that fumble, so I don't think he would have done that much better. Yeah, um, for me, uh, I came in second, but I was well, well behind, sixty five point six. Um, Eugene Lewis, friend of the pod, uh, twenty five point yes. two. The only other guy. Uh, I had in um, double digits was MBT at 16.4. Pedestrian games out of Powell, Burnham, uh, and Ricky Collins. Uh, Just behind me, 62.6, was John. Uh, He had a big game out of Vernon Adams Jr., uh, 23.1. And then uh, a big game, including a pick six out of Hamilton. And a, uh, did they have a fumble recovery? Uh, They did, yeah. For touchdown. I don't know if they had a fumble recovery touchdown, but they had a fumble okay. recovery. But then they gave up a punt return touchdown to Deadman, which kind of <laughs> eighteen. Deadman points. had a, Deadman had another one to, to, uh, tonight, didn't he? Oh yeah, oh, biggest yeah. biggest trade bait in the CFL right now, Devonte Deadman. <laughs> he is a game breaker. Get him on your team. Sorry. Uh, that's okay. No, you're, you're totally right. I'm emotional about it. <laughs> um. Then for for John, just a uh, some down games uh, from the rest of the squad. Yes, Peter um, had two big challenges this week. Number one, Andrew Harris didn't play. Uh, oh, was he benched? Uh, oh no, they no. didn't have a no. Game. They they didn't they didn't play. No, I was they like, fa- no, they, they actually failed. They failed. To play. No, they I'm failed, just joking. To play a game. The Winnipeg, Winnipeg uh, Blue Bombers had a buy. Of course, had a buy. Even though yes. Peter does have running backs to play, that's okay. <laughs> Calgary, he doesn't have another defense, um, so that didn't help either. Uh, he actually had a fairly good game out of his some of the other players. Michael Riley, twenty point one. Braden Lenius, twelve point six, and Shaq Cooper, sixteen point seven. But Peter, uh, in the basement again, 56.1, which means his grasp on uh, uh, getting within 100 of John is is slipping away. So standings as it is, Tyler, 596, me, Matt, 57.2, uh, John slipped a little further back, 516.7, and Peter, uh, 108 behind him, 408.4. So, Does anybody know offhand uh, what the what the pred? We haven't talked about the overall pred records. 
Oh, I guess I haven't done the math on that. I'll be honest. Okay, well, <laughs> you're, you're we'll, winning. We'll get to it. We'll get to it next. Che- week. Check out the. I mean, check out. Uh, yeah, we'll tweet, tweet it out on Twitter, and you'll you'll see. So, yeah, there's a there's that. Let's jump right into power ranking. So, how we're gonna do it this week, uh, and and every month when we do the power rankings is, just like last month, everybody put in their rankings. We averaged out those rankings and. And it spit out an overall rankings from nine to one from all the teams. So I'm gonna read that off, and then I'm also we're also gonna do a uh, we're gonna do around the horn. Everybody's gonna say the top the team in the top three most likely to stay there. Team in the bottom three most likely to stay there. Team most likely to climb three points or three spots or more, and team most likely to fall three spots or more. So. Um, here we go. The uh, number nine through seven in order. Uh, and in ninth is Ottawa. And just above them is Edmonton, surprisingly enough. But I, I think that still is true in that uh, Edmonton would probably beat a couple other teams, but Ottawa can only beat Edmonton. It's true. Uh, and then Calgary in seventh. In sixth, Montreal. And we have a little... Uh, Logjam of East teams as a six through four are Montreal, Hamilton, and Toronto. And then in the top three, we have another logjam of West teams. Number three, BC. Number two, Saskatchewan. And number one, the Blue Bombers. Uh, number and the Blue Bombers, a unanimous number one here. So, um, I'll start us off, and right now we'll go around the horn. We'll talk about which team in the top three, uh, Winnipeg, Sketch, and BC, most likely to stay there. Can we yes. talk about which uh, one is most, most likely to fall out, actually? I think it'd be more relevant. We, yeah. Well, that will come Okay. Uh, if you'd like to choose one of the teams to fall out. Uh, but we'll get to that, right? <laughs> so um, I would say I think it's no surprise Based on their defense, um, that Winnipeg is going to go is is the team to beat, and um, I think there's there's no doubt that they're going to be in the the top three and probably in that number one spot come this time next month. I think okay. schedule also favors them this next month with two games against Edmonton, but. Starting, you know, on the road against BC is a tough game, and then they finish the month um, at home against BCs. Uh, so, you know, two tough games uh, to bookend the October Preds, um, but you know, two games in the middle against Edmonton seem like pretty sure things, in my opinion. So, my pick is also for Winnipeg to stay up there. But I, I, I think all three of these teams are the clear top three teams in the CFL. I think Montreal could break in there. In terms of potential. Really? In, ter- in terms of potential. Yeah. So, yeah, I have... Well, we'll get to that later, but I, yeah. I think Montreal is the most likely to be moving up the list in the coming month. Yeah. But I don't think they are better than these three teams. Correct. Um, so, for me, I have a question. Who's Winnipeg's backup quarterback? Uh, Sean McGuire. What do, we, what do we think about Sean McGuire? Great running back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at one point was leading the league in running touchdowns. Uh, I I think that at one big, point that's it's this is he, point is he still doing it? Yes, yeah, <laughs> is he yes. still okay? Yes, my big, my biggest well, two ahead of Cody Fajardo <laughs> and Kadeem Carey. My Nikes. My biggest hang up with Winnipeg is I think they're a quarterback injury away from being not the top team. But I see your point. If they're gonna fall out of the top three, uh, yeah. I don't think so. So yeah, I'm also going with Winnipeg. Fair, but. I don't know. Is Nathan Rourke or I don't know who Sketch is backup? I yeah. So are they? Paxton, Paxton Lynch is a pretty good backup, but he's not the backup. So he's the third stringer. <laughs> oh well, that's actually a very well. No, big but that, that's fair. That that's fair at the same time that that Sketch does have a deeper QB. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that, that that makes sense. But uh, so Tyler, yeah. is it Sketch for you that that you think for sure? This time next month will be in the top three. Uh, no, I said Winnipeg, but uh, I don't think, I think even if they lost, I think. If but all the teams their... are gonna stay there. Basically, is the I think the feeling right? Uh, yes. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that I just don't see anybody. I, yeah, I just don't see anybody. I mean, because because Sketch also has a pretty soft schedule. They play uh, they play Calgary twice. That's a nice that's a nice thing to have. So I I just don't see. Yeah, we need to. Unfortunately, we we just need more head to head matchups between these three teams. <laughs> well, I think we're, well, I think we're gonna we get, get our wish. Come, well, yeah, and then I think come uh, playoff time, we'll we'll definitely get that. So, all right, which team in the bottom three is most likely to be there at this time next uh, next month? We've got Ottawa, Edmonton, and Calgary. John, uh, let's see. I mean, realistically, all it's them, Edmonton. Right? <laughs> They've got a game against Winnipeg. They've got a game against Winnipeg. They've got, um, is that it? Is it just two more games against Winnipeg and then they have a bye week, it looks like? Or am I missing? No, two more games against Winnipeg than Hamilton. So, yeah, I don't see how they're going to make it through that uh, with any wins, to be honest with you, as sad as that may sound. So, at least Ottawa's got a couple – I don't think either Ottawa or Edmonton uh, breaks out of this. I probably don't see either of them winning another game throughout this month. Uh, but I think that Edmonton for sure is not going to win another game. If I was so to I circle think. a game on the calendar that Ottawa might win based on their performance tonight, I might say they might give maybe the, the Stampeders the last the last week that of the month. October 29th game? Yeah. 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 I could, I if, the, if, exactly the, if the wheel... If the wheels are going to fall off of Calgary in October and they really, you know, the locker room becomes very toxic and there's just yeah, so, a lot of issues so there. So Ed, Edmonton's my pick to stay in the bottom three. Uh, the bottom <laughs> it's sad, but I think, it, I think it's unfortunate, right. but I mean, I just don't see maybe Trevor. I know Trevor Harris is back on the active roster. Uh, maybe he's back next week against Winnipeg, which I think would be good. Uh, but to be honest, I mean, I know he was airing the ball out and getting a bunch of yards, but even when Trevor Harris was healthy, it's not like Edmonton was setting the world on fire, and I certainly wouldn't. Of course, I'd pick them to beat Winnipeg, but I actually don't think they would win. <laughs> um, I, I, <laughs> I think that the, the one game I see for if uh, Trevor Harris is back is also that same week, week 13, against the Thai Cats at home. Um, yeah, that's, that's one I would sort of pencil as... as you know, if if he's back and fully healthy, that a game that might be able to sneak out of October with a win. But to your point, not a lot of meat on the bone in October no. for for the Elks. No. I I think I think I'm gonna switch things up because I think Ottawa, even though they saw some life this uh, this week, I don't I don't yeah. think they I think this was a, a spark and and maybe against a really bad Edmonton team, but. Um, for me, Ottawa's getting stuck. Yeah, I mean, I think All that's right. just as fair. I don't see right. I, I, I think this is I'm firmly bottom two. I mean, these these are yeah. the the worst teams in the CFL. Yeah, Ugh. hate hate to say it. Um, yeah, All right, these are the two worst teams. Tyler, tell me your team most likely to climb three or more spots. I know I said Montreal as one team that has the potential to, but if I'm going to back a team to do that. It'd be the Toronto Argonauts. Nice. They so play. They climb, they'd have to move three or more. They could. They're going to climb into first. <laughs> I, well, that's not. That's we're, not fair. We're working out the kinks. I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I'm being. I guess I'm guessing. I'm basically, I'm to make team, a statement, the team with the most potential. They play. Yeah. Uh, I think. One Dude, home game. I have the exact opposite. I think Toronto falls. That's. That's funny. I'm conf- I'm confused by looking at this. Oh, because they have a Monday game right after having a Wednesday game. I got it. Okay, so they play a Wednesday game and then a Monday game. So they're they're at, uh, at home against Ottawa, then they're away at Hamilton. But then they got uh, they get BC at home. I like I, I, I circle that game as a, I, I'm circling that as like a statement game that they can make. Uh, they're a very good home team. Uh, they're an undefeated home team. They've even beat Winnipeg Sorry. at home. They're the only team that's beat Winnipeg. So the potential is there, and they have one luxury that a lot of other teams don't have, and that is that they have two competent quarterbacks who can start for them. Um, so they're not necessarily relying uh, on one of them or haven't relied on one quarterback to carry them through the season. So they can win ugly, and as we talked about in this pod, sometimes winning ugly is uh, is actually a true marker of a team that can, that can grind out games and, you know, isn't just stat padding. So I think Toronto is one of those teams that 
I'm not sure what they are yet, but this month they could become what they could potentially a potentially great yeah. team and really run away with the East. Yeah, I like that. Um, I think they. Uh, I think they're doing really well. I think they could get a little bit better, but I do think they've kind of hit their ceiling. Um, so my my choice for team most likely to jump if they can pull things together, um, which basically means just having a little humility, is is Calgary. I think they really do have the pieces to be a, a really good team, whether that's behind Bo Levi Mitchell, if he can get it to go get it going, or behind Jake Mayer. Um, I think like they do have two good quarterbacks. It's just going to take some uh, just kind of swallowing your pride and switching up um, the type of games they're playing. Yeah. And one thing we noticed uh, out of Ottawa uh, just just tonight is really mixing up um, their strategy uh, to, to work with a, a new quarterback, give him the, the ability to uh, um, to make plays, but not give him all the focus like Calgary or yeah, like Calgary gave to uh, to Jake Mayer. So I think Calgary is in a I just good position that's, that's if an, they can just that's very interesting. Decision so to be hard this week. I think that's an interesting month, choice, Matt, because you picked against them to the first week of October against Saskatchewan, and then they play Saskatchewan again uh, on the road. So I'm going to head and say, unless they do something special in that first game, you're probably not going to pick them in that second game. And then they play BC on the road. <laughs> then they play Saskatchewan, and then they play, and then they play Sketch again. So I don't. So really, I, I do think I that, don't really that, know where you're seeing the. I mean, they're they're gonna have a tough time. Well, but all of those. I mean, those teams are. Um, yeah, they they play Scatch three times. Yeah, Scatch is the, the the Alouettes and the Lions. I guess they have the potential, but I mean. No, I mean, it's, I think it's tough. That's the thing. Like, I think Calgary would I, be, is of the bottom three. Like, the team most likely not to be there is Calgary. I think but if Calgary their schedule goes, really is working against them. Uh, yeah, similar with Edmonton, but yeah. and I think it, it, this is also in terms of like a power ranking. Yeah, no, of, I get what you're saying. Fair, fair. They yeah. can they can have what two, <laughs> the, they get two the bane wins. of Tyler's get, existence, two, they, they the the good losses. Yeah. They could have some good losses, and we could see them kind of raise in the the power rankings. So for, for me, just looking at yeah, for me looking at schedules. The team most likely to really catch their stride this next month is going to be the Alouettes. They've Square. got Ottawa twice, mm. all Eastern competition. Mm. Uh, they don't have to play any of the big boys in the West, which uh, is always tough to do. So I, th- I think Montreal uh, starts it this week with a win against Hamilton, and then they can just kind of keep the ball rolling. The, the, uh, the big rest game, of the month. big game for them to sh- to approve a game for me. To your point, like they're going to play a lot of like softer competition. The, the last two weeks, uh, uh, yeah, you know, Toronto the thing about and then the Saskatchewan. Games, though, is they count the same as the non-prove it. Wins. Yeah, but but in, but for power rankings, they don't because when somebody beats a quality opponent, we we tend to yeah. give them more credit for that. Yeah, uh, but is, I think if is, you the, is the, the October th- wins together. You go Mont- you go Ottawa back to back, get dub dub. Then you go. To I mean, I, I I just here's dub. a question: if 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 a team pick a team beats Winnipeg one time, and another team beats Ottawa twice who's going up in your power rankings you know what i'm saying like there there is there is we're talking about power rankings i know you're talking about the standings but that it's probably that, the team that wins twice like that's why toronto okay isn't that well high in my power rankings but i get uh, what you're saying the alouettes play toronto and saskatchewan to end the month that will tell me more about where they're at than the games against the red blacks all right uh all right, all right john yeah give us the team most likely to fall three or more spots so i kind of looked at toronto's upcoming schedule and saw the opposite of what tyler saw i saw they start with ottawa but then they got to go away to hamilton away to montreal they've got to go home to bc um and then they finish off the month with uh i think that home to bc is their final game of the month so to me, that looks like one and three, to be honest with you. So I think Toronto's probably going to be the big faller in our next month's power rankings. Okay. Okay, Tyler? Uh, the big faller for me is going to be the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Okay. Uh, 
for a lot of the reasons John just mentioned, uh, I don't know if their defense will carry them as these there's more the, the schedule gets tighter and the and we get later in the season. Um, I don't I don't like their chances against BC. Uh, a game against they have to, a game against Elks and Ottawa, but they they're gonna catch Ottawa. Uh, excuse me. Uh, what am I missing? I don't think they. I don't know about the Toronto game. Um, yeah, I I think the Alouettes are gonna beat them this week. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing it unravel quickly for Hamilton. Um, perhaps Braylon Addison addition gets them out of that, but. I think they've skated by on the QB play, um, and we'll just see if that continues. I don't know if they continue to skate by. No, I, th- I think at some point Hamilton will have to win a game from behind with their quarterback play. So I do definitely agree with Tyler there. Um, that's something they're going to have to prove at some point. But, you know, I, I think that if they're playing, you know, they've got games against Ottawa, they've got games against Toronto, you know, I think those are still games that their defense can carry them in. But I, I do think that David Watford will have to make plays come in here at some point soon. Do so we know a, an in, a, in a timetable of return for any of the... Soli suits up every week, so I don't know. You know, he's, <laughs> Soli's on the sideline suited up, so I, I, I don't know when... I don't know if, if David Watford went down injured knock on wood I don't hope I hope that doesn't happen I don't know if Masoli would go in the game or not so I'm not sure what that looks like and Evans is still on the IR Jeremiah right. Masoli's 5'10 225 225 is he fat no that's he's a, stout that's a big boy uh all right I'm gonna break the rules to my own game no. I'm gonna say that these that these rankings are pretty much gonna take us through to the playoffs you see nobody moving not significantly yeah. um, up or down. I mean, I think Calgary could um, jump, you know, jump above those, uh, you know, jump up above Hamilton and Montreal. Uh, just in terms of a power ranking, how good is this team playing? Maybe not, yeah. maybe not standings. Um, but for the most part, I think we're going to see some trades. I think there are clearly nothing, thirds nothing in radical. this league, though. Oh, yeah. First three. BC, Scatch, Winnipeg, middle three, the, t- the Eastern teams, and then the bottom three, the two Alberta teams in Ottawa. I, I think that's clear that there is a division mm-hmm. between those thirds. Now, yes. maybe like you, yeah, but the, so which is interesting. So maybe some shuffling around, but I don't, yeah, I'm not sure anyone breaks out of that, those confinements. That's where I'm at. So very interesting. Nice. Well, I think we might come back with some some new preds uh, next month, um, just because it, it might be a, a case of this is not necessarily too dynamic of a season. Um, yeah. The league of parity uh, might not be. I, I think mo- just because we're seeing some teams that are really on the down. Yeah. Um, I think in a normal year. Uh, Calgary and Edmonton are not this bad, um, and they're shuffling it up. But are you saying this isn't the league of parity? Have you looked at your guys' pred records? <laughs> That's <laughs> I don't think that counts as a league of parity. I think that counts as we didn't know what the hell we were talking about. But <laughs> well, I, I agree with John. I, every time that... I feel bad that I don't know uh, what I'm talking about, <laughs> which is true, I feel bad often. I do look at the. CFL writers picks from TSN and none yes. of them are over 500 on the season. Yeah. Does that make so, me the greatest CFL? Tyler knows the most about CFL football of anybody alive. So it's just true. pretty important. It, it's true. I don't um, know why this season that is the, the case. Cause in previous seasons, it was certainly not perhaps cause I started paying attention more this season than the other ones. Maybe that helped. helpful. Probably. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's a good way to cap it is to crown Tyler yeah, the undisputed knowledge champion of the CFL. No, <laughs> um, stop it. Guys, if you're at this point in the podcast listening, send us some listener feedback. We Can- couldn't get to the segment this week, but we're going to try really hard next week, and we'd love to tell the people uh, what you guys are asking us. So send DMs at Shups and Preds on Twitter or send us an email to shupsandpreds at gmail.com and we'd love to hear from you. Guys, any last parting words before we 
say uh, sayonara to our listeners. Yeah, a little shout out to the little shout out to the social media manager of the Shups and Preds Pod because we've been getting some serious love from some former CFL players, some current CFL players. Um, people are noticing. It's uh, it's happening. Give that guy a raise. Give that guy a raise. Uh, he works hard. I tell you that. Uh, <laughs> I tell you the, that. The, the graph, the graphics have been great this season, and I think uh, I think a good graphic delivers good good feedback, and I think we've gotten uh, some very positive momentum in the 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 Twitter world. Uh, oh, the the graphics are second to none, I must say. So shouts to Matt for all that work. Uh, he knocks that out of the park. Well, now that the templates are done, it's it's. Well, it the looks template, great. I, I, guys, it's important. To put we're the having together. a great time. This pod yes. is killing it. The, the pods have been great. <laughs> I think if anyone's great. got this far, they know that the pod is is content beyond compare, <laughs> and the graphics are great, and the polls unbelievable. We love the polls. Yes, <laughs> we love the uh, polls. I can't wait to. I can't wait for the game of the week poll just to see who the pe- <laughs> just to see who the people pick. Oh yeah, I'll put that. I'll, yeah, that'll be well, good no, next week the, when I yeah. remember to put that out. No, you just do it on Thursday. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, we will see you all next week. In the meantime, with Peter, enjoy. we're gonna Peter. Peter's coming. If you're if you yeah. are sad Peter's about Peter not, studying not being for here, tests right now. So three tests, three tests, three tests. Three tests. Uh, but enjoy week nine of the CFL season. Uh, gonna <laughs> kick off here in a couple of days with the big showdown in BC, which is you know your week nine game of the week anyway. So uh, till then, talk to you later.